Welcome to The Perfect Blend, the podcast where we pair the books we read with a delicious cup of tea. I'm Shelley Haskell. And I'm Candy Beaker. Hi, Shelley. Hi, Candy. How are you today? I am wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. I am feeling good, but I am kind of tired because it's been a busy week, but I'm almost on summer break. I only got a couple more days, so I'll be recharged here real soon. (laughs) Oh, that's lovely. I'm so happy for you because I know it's been a year. It's always a year, right? This is true. Never a dull moment. That's true. I'm excited about our book today, Miss Cicely's Recipes for Exceptional Ladies by Vicki Zimmerman. Yeah, I'm very very excited about this book. It has so many fun elements in it. And one of the things about Vicki's Remembrance and this book is that they're also known by other names. Another title for this book is The Woman Who Wanted Too Much, which I would like to discuss that title. And the author Definitely. also, right? And she also um, publishes under the name of Stella Newman. She actually lives in London and she worked in marketing as a food tester, much like her character in this book, at a supermarket before leaving to write full time. She has written for the Guardian Name observer as well as women's magazines and under Newman she has written four other books. This book was inspired by her grandmother's 1950s cookbook and the cookbook part of it is really cool. I went on a deep dive for that and I found this one from thrift books but this is not it. No because that says thoughts it, for food and it's thought for food. Right. The name of that. I looked everywhere. I was like I'm gonna get this book. Read the titles of the things that you're cooking and you know I just want to see it for myself. And so I felt almost robbed. I know. Get that. Still, we didn't get enough of it. It's definitely still a quest for us to look at some books. This one, I'll just say real quick that I did like it though, in its own weird way. It's from 1930s, so it's a little bit before that. But it is menus, like mm-hmm. a menu for luncheons or different dinners. And so it kind of has that same setup and it has these weird, it has very timely recipes from that time, but it's yes. strange things that we do not make anymore. So it's kind of fun for me to look back on that. But so there wasn't a complete loss of this little $5 old book. It wasn't super expensive or anything, but it was not what I was looking for either. Mm-hmm. Nope. Well, you know, there's some treasure in there. You just have to dig. Mm-hmm. So what tea did you pair with our lovely book? Okay. So it's summertime and I went with an iced tea and Ooh. this is the one I've been dying to try. It's the one that I got when I was in Ocracoke and it's called Sippin' on the Pizer. You see <laughs> Look, and it, Pizer actually means porch over there in, you know, high toiter okay. language. And, and the Pizer. Uh, yeah, it's slipping on the Pizer. And it's by a company called Leaf Peeper Tea. They're out of Ocracoke and it's made with Yupon, Fig, and Lemon. Oh. I know you. I knew you'd love it. Fig and lemon, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you haven't had a yupon tea, yupon is a, an eastern uh, plant, but it's kind of a, like a green tea. It's not. It's just a light. The the leaves just make a light tea, mm. kind of like a green tea to me. But it's tasty, and they bag it, and you put it in, steep it, and you know it's lemony and sweet. It's not yeah. strong at all, but it's well, that's good. That's good for summer. You want something exactly. light and refreshing, it's perfect and, for the porch or pizer. <laughs> and your pizer. And just saying, if you ever get, I I always think of ochre coke. It's this little 
little island in the Outer Banks. To me, it's like a little Hawaii. Very laid back. Mm-hmm. Very, there's very limited places to go. It's just this beautiful, I love Ocracoke. I do too. But I've not been to the tea place, so that that's going to be on my list to go back. Yeah, I can't and wait. I've got creme brulee, Earl Grey from mm. Plum Deluxe. It is lovely. But mm-hmm. it's a black tea. It's got orange peel, jasmine flowers, blue corn flour, bergamot oil, and vanilla extract. And there's a lot of cooking in this book. Creme brulee is a kind of mm-hmm. dwanky dessert. Mm. And then Earl Grey, because Miss Sicily, I think, is very proper. And yeah, I'm pretty sure. It smells so good when it's brewing. Oh my gosh, mm. it's really good. Love it. Well, That's you got that tea. great box or whatever, that selection from Plum Deluxe. So I know you got some good teas coming up to share. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like their teas. I do too. I'm really enjoying them at my outside office while I was editing one of our podcasts and, and used their Crystal Clarity tea or drank that, mm-hmm. that was delicious too. So they have been hitting it out of the park for me. Good. We both want to thank you for giving us a listen. We would love it if you would leave comments or book suggestions and leave a five-star review on Apple or Spotify if you enjoy your time with us. Yes, that would be wonderful. Because we would like to hear what you, what books you want to hear about and what teas we pair them with. Our book is about Kate Parker. She is on the eve of her 40th birthday and she finds herself volunteering at the Lauderdale House for Exceptional Ladies. And she meets 97-year-old Cicely Finn. I love that name. Mm -hmm. Cicely's tongue is as sharp as her mind, but she She's fed up with pretty much everything and she doesn't have any patience for Kate's choices in life or love. So she prescribes her a self-help book of sorts, thought or food. I don't know what your first takes were on this story. When I look back to our discussion a little bit last week, I kind of feel like we've hit another a lady who's later in life still getting a little bit mothered too much by her mother. But since she's moved on, I like seeing her branch out and becoming part of Miss Sisley's life and Miss Sisley really taking a hold of her life in an interesting way. So this one takes place in England, but it really made me think of the movie Fried Green Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I had yeah. a really hard time. I was really excited about this book just from reading the summary and the first 11 chapters, I just thought we're never going to get to Miss Sicily, the part of it. And really, I did not like Kate, the main character, much at all. Her boyfriend, Nick, annihilates her on a vacation and just the most casual way. And then she stays on the vacation with him back wondering, you know, she's just in turmoil and all this hurt. And he's just calmly doing his crossword puzzle. And yes, I, I just need a, what is it? He says, I need, um, I feel a strong urge to withdraw. And this is right before she, when they come back from their vacation in France, she's going to move in with him. She's given up her lease on the apartment that she's sharing with someone. And he just wants to withdraw, take a step back and and she just kind of takes it. She stays on the vacation with him. And I just was furious. I could not believe that she's <laughs> just left. being this. Do- I make him leave. Just this doormat. And you're thinking, my God, are they ever going to get anything better in the story? And then chapter 11 comes along. God bless her best friend, Bailey. She suggests that she needs a project. She's given Nick until September. So she's got two months. She doesn't want to talk to him. She doesn't want to look at him. She wants him to get his stuff together and make a decision. And in the meantime, she won't eat. She starts smoking. She is just in this 
horrible place where all she can do is think about how she's pining for Nick and how she misses everything about him and how could this happen and why is he like this? And her friend says, you need a project. You need something to do to get your mind off yourself. So she takes her and she ends up at this Lauderdale house for exceptional ladies. Looking at Kate's situation, I don't think she sees herself as interesting of a person as she really is. She has let herself be sort of watered down because Nick is kind of a watered down person. I suppose at the age at nearing her 40s, she really wanted to have something a little more settled in her life. And they have been together and he's sort of, I don't know, the project burger kind of guy where mm-hmm. he'll take a year to study the perfect bun. <laughs> and not her buns, but the perfect hamburger buns. <laughs> He's very quirky. He is. He's a computer programmer and she loves cooking and cookbooks and they are quite content in many ways to be in each other's presence and simply enjoy their own individual choices of life and interests. And they do have a mutual interest in cooking and that's Mm -hmm. really what brings them together because he would probably eat, I don't know, fish and chips every day and never cook for himself, I think is how she described it. So she did bring that to him, this new side and she does actually get him to go do things. They went to Brighton Beach, they gone on this trip and they do socialize because of her. So I think for him, it's a win-win. She doesn't ask him very much outside of his comfort zone and as long as he's willing to do a couple of things with her that he finds interesting, that's great. Anything else beyond that is never going to happen. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just not. (laughs) I think that she sees him as a life partner. The love of her life is going to make him makes her feel safe. She has someone that she can do things with and be with. And he kind of has got a tour guide with with sex on the side, a bonus. And the author, she kind of gives us little hints that it's not even, that it's not the same on both sides. And all her friends are telling her, they see him for what he is, but she cannot and will not. She glosses over all the things that she admits he does that are lacking as just she makes excuses for it because she's Mm -hmm. just so desperate to have this love in her life. I mean, she has to go move back with her mother, which to her is humiliating at 40. And her mother is not a motherly type. I don't think her mother ever was. No, she's not happy to have her there. She's a self-help guru type. And she tells her, you need to take back control. And she says, well, I'm giving him until September. She says, so you'll mope around for the next eight weeks till he punches you metaphorically in the face again. Stop being a victim. And that's about the best thing her mother says to her the entire book. Because right after that, she says, let's go. You want to get a yogurt? And then we can make a list of all the things that you need to work on. (laughs) Yep. She's in a nightmare. What's so frustrating is she doesn't think there's anything she can do about it. I guess she feels like, I mean, at that age, she's just, you know, this is it. This is the do or die moment. Like you said, it does take a while at the beginning of the story to really get into some really good stuff. But when she finally does go to the... Lauderdale nursing home where Miss Sisley is. The first thing she does, she thinks, well, I can cook for these ladies. I'm great at cooking and she is great at cooking. And she comes across as trying to be whatever way she's trying to present her food. And I'm going to teach you all a few things, which to me sounds funny in of itself. They're not 15 year old kids. They have probably cooked for themselves already. You know, Miss Sisley was very snarky and she kept saying quotes from different books and poetry. And it was just funny. She thought, well, she must be crazy, but she wasn't. And once she really realized what she was talking about, she was actually being very poignant and humorous to herself. She wasn't worried about being humorous to anybody else. She was 
humor in herself with this ridiculous girl who was up there trying to teach them something that they already knew how to do. And she would shout things out and it would fluster Kate. She's making this gooseberry fool. And I looked up a fool. It's a custard. But she's doing this and Cecily's just throwing out these little taunt and just dogging her. She's just dogging her. And she's dogging her with literature and the humor is really on point. But it's kind of over Kate's head because she's, one, she's flustered. Two, she thinks that she's got dementia or something. (laughs) And she doesn't understand. And then she finds out that, no, she doesn't have dementia. She's very, very smart. She just will tell you what she's thinking. One of the things, like you said, through this whole time that she's getting to know Cicely better and trying to find out what direction her life is going in, she is constantly waiting for Nick to make some grand gesture. Mm -hmm. And when they do connect, I mean, I feel a little bit, I do not like Nick. So let me get that Mm -hmm. straight out. I do not like him. He is a slug. He is an emotional nobody. He is a probably brilliant somebody because he has a very important job and he is very good at that, obviously, because he's called out at all times. So his work world is intense and he is seems to be very great with that. But he is very lopsided in that because his emotional stuff is pretty negative. I mean, flatline, right? Mm-hmm. And she keeps looking at him like something is going to happen from him that just does not. He has never given her any indication that he was going to be this person. Mm-hmm. And that just kept frustrating me so much. She kept waiting to see. She was playing some wait and see game that he wasn't even on the board with. He didn't even know he was in the game. All the signs were there. She even says throughout the book what his huge red flag behaviors are and his actions. But every time she just glosses over them and she makes excuses because she's invested so much time in Nick. She's avoiding the truth because she wants somebody to be with. And she is doing this at the cost of her dignity, of her her life and her joy because she's miserable waiting for him to make a move because he misses her and he takes her literally. Well, you said you didn't want to see me. So I'm just, I'm, I'm going to play my video game. He's playing his video games and he's going to wait till September when he's put to the fire to make a choice. And he's not worried about it. I mean, he misses her, but I guess so, because she is the entertainment part of things and designing what they do and how they do it. Well, Mrs. She does finally get a hold of her and say, please just one time go meet one person. Just say hi to somebody else. <laughs> Yes. She gets to get on her to- about her job because it's the same thing with her job. She has just put herself in. She's like one of those bobbers in the ocean. It's just bobbing along whichever way the tide's going to take it and whichever way the waves go. It's not going to fight it. It's not going to do anything. It's just going to go wherever because it doesn't have a choice. And she kind of is in that. And t- it's so frustrating. I mean, I understand you're heartbroken, but at some point you got to get mad. You have, you never get into that state. Every time she goes to get mad, she backs her herself up and makes excuses for him. And Miss Cecily just has no patience for it. She's telling her, I'm 97 years old. You need to be grateful that you're able to do A, B, C, D. And I have to sit here and somebody has to wipe my tail and you don't have to do all these things and you should be out there living it up. She's frustrated with her because she just... Um, When I look at, to her job you were talking about, and she has to me a very ridiculous job. She's just basically writing... Alliterative 
copyright. Literate, yeah, literate taglines for food. But for whatever reason, she happens to be pretty good at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's another person in the job and they're not as good. And that typical, I'm going to be overlooked. I'm the hard worker. And I don't poke my head up. I put it in the sand and let the things go past me when she could be running the place. Right, exactly. I don't think she has any feeling of self-worth. And I love that Cecily irritates her so much. She's poking her to get her to wake up, to get mad, to really think about things differently. And she flat out tells her, why would you do such a silly job? And why would you put up with a slug like that? And Kate keeps going back to see Cecily. And she lets her pick a book. And the book that she picks is this cookbook, Thought for Food. It gives her all these menus that are amazing. Let me see if I can find a couple of the examples. And um, there's the chirp for a hangover, hangover breakfast, the tea for, with a crotchety aunt. <laughs> I like that one. I like the biscuits that were with that. Yes. There was one for dinner with a charming stranger, which she ends up using. So these are all very interesting. And they're written like they have the aim at the beginning of the menu. Like, here's what you're going to serve. And this is, this is the purpose. Right. It's such a great idea to have a book that, okay, well, if this is what you're going to do, then we're going to make it as fun as possible. <laughs> so th- this book is full of food. Is there anything in here that sound appealing? Or are you going to try to cook? You know I am, but did you find I, anything? Well, I like the pasta following pasta. <laughs> and I like that dinner that she did then. And then I also liked, there was some kind of shortbread. It was like, oh, cherry and almond shortbread. Mm-hmm. That I was wrote one. that one down. Did you write that one down? Uh-huh. That was one that I think I would want to try because it sounded really delicious. Most of these were, yeah. I, I would love to have the recipes in there the the actual how to make it is not there but you can look up some of these things and find recipes like it but i would have liked to have a few recipes uh, even just one or two <laughs> and menus i would like to have i would have liked to have the book with the menus for <laughs> these things like the old boston cooking school cookbook of the 18 i think it's 60s or 80s i have that mm-hmm. one and in the back it has full menus mm-hmm. and it even it has the christmas and thanksgiving but it has menus for breakfast lunch and dinner with all the different courses Yep. And I love that kind of stuff. I would never cook most of that stuff and we're not going to eat ox brain or whatever, but <laughs> that's can, what I was telling you about get, this cookbook over here. Yeah, you can get some good ideas. And one thing that Cecily said she wanted were Madeleines mm-hmm. and she didn't want the Proust French Madeleines. She mm-hmm. wanted English Madeleines. And so I had to go look that up. And the Great British Baking Show, Prue mm-hmm. Leith, yep. she had a recipe for English Madeleines. So I bought the pan and we we are going to have Madeline's to celebrate you getting out of school. Oh, yay. Is that the scallop shape? Like the little scallop? The scallop is the, is the French Madeline. Okay. The Proust Madeline's. I think, did I make those for you? I think we ma- you made some last time we came out. Okay, over. I had the lemon ones. Uh, uh-huh. But so the English ones are different, but uh-huh. that's what Cecily wanted her to make. Not those prissy Proust Madeline's. I want English Madeline's. <laughs> So that's one thing I've got on my list to do. It was just a lot of good food. There's so much good food. And her Mm -hmm. did look, her supper club is a great idea. And I Mm -hmm. am sure there are somebody out there. I would, I don't have it in me to do one. I would love to cook for a few people, maybe, but I would not want to do this. But I so want to go out for one. Like this little private dinner, you buy your ticket and it's only whatever, 30 people. And Mm -hmm. it's like this four or five course meal. And you are just, treated to well hers was pasta with followed by pasta (laughs) 
And I thought that would be a great, she was not afraid of doing that. It was great. And she, she lost her flavor for food and everything. And she went to cigarettes and just, she self-destructed with Nick. And then Cecily got her to find that passion again and to get into cooking. And she stopped smoking because it was ruining the flavor of the foods. And she started loving food again and finding that joy and passion. And I really thought that was, I was like, yes, yeah, she's starting to come alive. Even though she kept going back to feeling bad about Nick. That to me, I just wanted to wring her neck. That was the most aggravating part of this whole story. Just that constant dependency on Nick saying he would come back to her life and all these great things are happening. And Cicely is trying to show her that. And she's There's telling her these stories from her life and trying to shake her out of her stuff without saying, you need to stop. <laughs> I think for me, as well as Kate, but particularly for me, I felt that Cicely's stories, when you learn that the most amazing of her adventures started when she was around 50. <laughs> now, I have to say, Vicki Zimmerman did a great job. She kind of kept that part, that mm -hmm. piece of information away for a little bit so that when you did hear it, because you were like, you know, she could have been doing this whenever, whatever age, because she had all these really cool adventures. It's seriously amazing life. And yes. To hear that she was a late bloomer, mm -hmm. it gives all of us who are looking to reinvigorate our second life, our next half. And I just loved that part of the story so much. And I think I that too. really woke Kate up a lot, that she had to realize that 40 is not the end you of know, the, the finish line. You know, you are not at the finish line, girls. Don't stop running. Keep going. Yeah. And there's so many great things. And uh, Cecily's story, I love how it's, like you said, I love how it's piecemealed out until you have this big revelation. And Kate is coming around. She's starting to come around. And that's all I want to say. <laughs> I think the way it's handled, I was really worried about how this was going to end because the revelations were interesting in how they came about. But I like how things went. And, and after the ultimatum, how Kate changed. And yeah. I'm not going to give away the ending. It was a slow start. You really have to plow through her misery. And that's not fun. But everything about her and Cecily, that whole relationship that they grow is worth it. Because Cecily is a little firecracker and her world has been reduced to this one room, but she had the world and she is sharing this with Kate in as many ways as possible to help Kate see that there's more to life than this. And you need to start finding those pockets of joy where you can because it's not all about this idiot that you're in love with that's not in love with you and not worth <laughs> of you. She helps Kate realize that she has worth. So you said you wanted to come back and talk about the title, the other, I, uh, the alternate title, which was The, the woman, woman Who, who wanted, wanted to Too Much. So I really was very, even Miss Cicely's Recipes for Exceptional Ladies is also, it's a better fit for the story in my opinion, but it's still a little bit. It, it, it leads you to think a little more prudish and, and austere of an older style of writing perhaps. And I guess she wanted that. But the woman who wanted too much, I think it really speaks of Kate thinking to herself that she shouldn't want more. Like, 
what she has should be good enough, that she should be happy enough with this middle of the road job, with this middle of the road dude, with this middle of the road life and and constantly imagining things that she might have done, but probably is too late to make happen. And I think I don't think it fits at all. I think it just kind of might have been in that vein of it. But either title was a little strange (laughs) for the book. The book cover is cute. If you really like certain book covers, get you and they do, they get me. So I really like the book cover. To be honest, that's why I picked this book Uh because I saw the book cover when I was looking for interesting books and if you like these, you might like this. Uh And so I went, okay, what's this about? If it's got recipes in it, you know, I'm in it. Uh And I thought it was going to be more menu, more recipes and things, but I like the title that she went with, Miss Cecily's Recipes for Exceptional Ladies because the other one, it just doesn't fit. How could could she want too much when what she wanted wasn't even worth having mm-hmm. it didn't fit um one more thing i had at the end of the school year so i had a sharing moment with uh, some of my students who were having a hard time thinking about how good they are and i also thought about this book and this and i had come up with a, a quote for them when i was talking to them about what they can do as they move forward and i said playing small doesn't serve the world there's nothing enlightening about shrinking so others won't feel insecure around you as you let your own light shine you indirectly give others permission to do the same. And so to me, she was trying to hold back. So she didn't upset anything. And p- mm-hmm. young people do that young girls, <laughs> old ladies, we all tend to follow that line sometimes like, oh, I don't want anybody else to think I'm being so audacious. So I really felt like that's Kate. And I also shared with some of my students this week. So it's kind of oh, poignant for me. I love that. I think we should come up with some ideas to extend this book to add to our podcast repertoire. And we could probably talk about it all night, but we figure you have something to do. I'm going to have to get the ingredients for Madeline's, Mm. English Madeline's, nonetheless. Nonetheless for my friend I'm all about pasta following pasta. (laughs) Oh, speaking of pasta, I made the lemon ricotta ravioli from one Italian summer. That's right. It is delicious. I've never made pasta in my life. So Mm -hmm. you never know where books are going to take you. Mm -hmm. They have inspired me. This one too, anything with everything inspired me to want to cook. <laughs> I think this would be a great inspirational read for the summer. It totally for, is. If you're a teacher, this is a great read for you. If you have mm-hmm. been downtrodden and tired this year, maybe this will help you uplift you a little bit. Find your spark. Find that joy that mm-hmm. makes you audacious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Exceptional. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, we'll be back next week. Yep. Book time and same tea channel. You can find us on Instagram at theperfectblend underscore SC, our Facebook page, The Perfect Blend, our website, the-perfect-blend.com, and of course, all of your usual podcast channels. Until next time, read and sip on.